Welcome everyone to um, the weekly learning um, of our community. Thanks to uh, the Farzad Far family. Thanks to Tila, um, the lighthouse for opening their doors for everyone to come and do learning here. It's wonderful. Hazak Baruch for everyone being here. I'm going to make it sound like there's a lot more people here than there actually is because the video is facing me. Makes me look good. <laughs> No, Hazak Baruch. The learning today is um, dedicated to Nishmat Mordechai Ben Jalal, Bolur Bat Lea, and Aviu Mori Ateret Roshi Rafael Ben Monavar. May the. Yes, every, every Wednesday morning here on 1026 South Robertson Boulevard on the fourth floor, there is a learning program for men of all ages, of all kind, all color. Come here early in the morning to 12 o'clock in the afternoon and there is lunch as well. And lunch is like, it's not like the breakfast, it's actually lunch. <laughs> it's good? <laughs> you asked for it. All right, <clears throat> here we go. I just said what everybody's thinking. <clears throat> so, and it's a free program, I have to say. It's a free program. Hazak Baruch, really, Hazak Baruch. Yeah. We should, re we should have, um, we should only dive in that we should have more and more of these kind of programs. The Midrash, there is a Midrash on Parashat Shemini, I believe. The Midrash is, it's, it's a beautiful Midrash, but it's kind of strange. It talks about, Parashat Shemini was the parasha where the inauguration of the Mishkan happened. It was dedicated, the Mishkan was dedicated. It's actually the, the parasha that Nadav and Avihu walked into the Mishkan with a strange fire, as the Torah says. They tried to bring their own korban, and unfortunately, they lost their lives. And then uh, Parashat Haremot talks about how it happened, what took place, which we read on Yom Kippur. So the Midrash starts like this, and we'll, we'll try to make the connection as to why the Midrash even brings these words. The Midrash says, from, from Kohelet, Tov Shem Mishemen Tov. Miyom Havaled, Miyom Hivaledo. The famous words of Shlomo HaMelech, Tov Shem, Mishem and Tov. So beautiful, yet so, so deep. Shlomo HaMelech says, find a, find a good name is better than the finest of oils. We know in the Torah, in Judaism, fine oil, fine oil is mentioned many times. It's used in the Beit HaMikdash, it's used in the Mikdash, it's, it's, it's used to, to, to um, anoint the Kohanim, it is used to anoint kings, Melachim, fine oil. I mean, even when Moshiach comes, Bezrat Hashem, there's a, the, the Chachamim say, there's a special kumkum of oil that is saved from that time that Moshiach Tzidkenu, Bezrat Hashem, is going to be anointed with it, right, from the Davidic dynasty. Fine oil is, is huge in Judaism, <coughs> pure olive oil. And it's Kadosh. Yet, Shlomo Melech says, Tov Shem, Mishem and Tov. Forget all of that. A good name 
is better than that oil. And then the Midrash continues. It says, Nadav and Avihu walked into a place of life and they walked out without their lives. Kind of strange. They walked into the place of life, but they walked out without their lives. That's referring to the Mishkan. Then it says, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, who were three of Gedolei Ador, who the wicked king threw into a fiery furnace as a test, walked out alive. And it says, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, walked into sudden death, and they walked out with their lives. Alive. That's what the Midrash does. Compares, compares Nadav and Avihu to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. They went into a place that gives life, yet they lost their lives. Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah went into a place that takes life, yet they came with their lives. They came out alive. So the Maharal Prague, one of my all-time favorites, you guys thought the Zerah Shimshon is always, you know. The Maharal Miprag, if, if anybody here doesn't learn the Maharal, wow. The Maharal has a whole thing on this. But I'll continue with the Midrash and you will see where the Maharal goes, comes in. It says, fine oil, shemen zait zach, trickles down when you pour it, because they would pour it on the person's head. If he was a king or a Kohen, they would pour the fine oil on his head. It says, the fine oil trickles down, but a good name ascends. It goes up. Fine oil is fleeting, but a Shem Tov is Le'olam, it's forever. Fine oil, after a while, goes away. But a good name is forever. Fine oil ends but a good name remains, it stays. Fine oil is purchased. You can buy it. A good name comes free. You don't need to pay anything for it. Fine oil is used for the living. L'chaim. It's used for the living. A good name is for the living and the deceased. Whether the person is still living or is gone, a good name remains. Fine oil doesn't. Tons and tons of it will evaporate. What does this mean? You'll understand once we start comparing to what, understanding what is meant here by fine oil and what the Maharal really says. So the Maharal asks, why is Kohelet, why is Shlomo Melech making a comparison between oil and a good name altogether? See, when you compare two things together, it's usually because you have found something between the two that's a common denominator. Something is similar between the two. Therefore, you say, you know why they're different though? Because this one can do this, that one can do that. This one can do this, that one can... Like for instance, you, you compare a motorcycle and a car. They're the same in some ways, but they're not the same in some ways. One has four wheels, the other one doesn't have four wheels. One has doors, the other one doesn't have doors, so on and so forth. So the Maharaj says there has to be a, some kind of a connection between fine oil and a good name, or else Shlomo Melech would not compare the two together. Why say uh, a good name is better than good oil? 
Why not say a good name is better than Shemidunam, a good wife? Because she can give you a bad name. That's the compare. <laughs> Fine oil is like an Esfahani wife. Because <laughs> you'll be literally scrubbing all that oil off the tadig every single time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm making only um, Persian jokes. I'll stop, never. And <clears throat> the question, the second question that the Maharal asks What is the connection between Nadav and Avihu and Hananya, Mishael and Azaria. Why is the Midrash connecting, comparing Nadav and Avihu, which were Gedole Olam? Like Nadav and oh, you should you should see what the Chachamim say about Nadav and Avihu. It says, it says that if a person, when you're reading the parasha of the death of Nadav and Avihu, if a person sheds a tear and cries for the death of Nadav and Avihu, will never, chas v'shalom, bar will never ever have to mourn losing people young. That is a great guarantee. It's an unbelievable guarantee. Because Nadav and Avihu were huge tzaddikim. Huge tzaddikim. Why are we comparing them to Hananya, Mishael, and Nazaria? In what way are they comparable? So let's talk about what's in a name. What's in a name? Let's understand what a name is. A Shem. So that we can understand what a Shem Tov is, a good name. And we'll start little by little understanding the comparison here. It's beautiful. The Maharal is unbelievable. The Maharal says, A name of a person is someone's essence. It is your being. It is who you are. It can never be separated from you. A name cannot be separated from you because it has become a part of you. It becomes who you truly are. Are so much so that the Rambam in Hilchot Teshuvah, uh, Perek Bet Halacha Dalid, second Perek, fourth Halacha, the Rambam says, Baale Teshuvah, those people that have done Teshuvah from major Averot, we're not talking about Teshuvah that says, all right, I'm, from now on I'm Chal of Israel. You know, people that have really made Teshuvah from like you know, being Mechalel Shabbat Bafar Hesya, like really like out there. People like that, the Ramam says, it's a good thing for them to change their names. Because when they change their name, they're really saying, nah, I'm really not that old person. I'm a new person. Because it changes them, the Mahut, their existence changes through the change of the name. That's why when someone falls ill, we should never know, and Hashem should, in the Zikhut of the Shur, give a shalama to kol hole am Yisrael. When a person becomes really ill, alenu, one of the things that they do is they change that person's name or they add a name. Why? Because we're saying once you change the name, that becomes who they are. They're no longer that old person, now they're a new person. That old person was not doing well, this new person is a new creation. He's fine or she's fine. So the Rambam says a name is so important that if a person had been very wicked in their Past, they should change their name if they're going to change themselves altogether and then help them. Rav Tzadok HaKohen Melublin brings the Arizal. Wow. The Arizal says something beautiful. He says that a person's name becomes a life force from within them. And by name, by the way, we're talking about the name you are given by your parents the name that people call you, your friends call you, and the name that you've made for yourself in your life. A name that when one is called, 
Everyone knows, oh, you're talking about that? Yeah, I know him. That's what, what the, the name you go by that everybody knows you by. So, the, the, so Ariza says, a name is a life force within the person. How do we know this? He says, just go to a person that is sleeping, knocked out. You could make noise around them, they won't wake up. You whisper their name, all of a sudden they wake up. It's because the name is connected so fully to the neshama, the neshama hears it's being called. Sometimes you can drop something in front of a person that's asleep, they won't wake up. You go, Shahab. All of a sudden, <laughs> you whisper it. And they, I was just <laughs> you all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden they wake up, boom, like that. You don't have to shout it. Dariza says the reason for that, I am so sorry. That was not meant to be that funny. <laughs> It, and, and that's because it is their essence, their neshama is connected to it. You ready for more examples of this? The Zohar says by Tchayat HaMetim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls every single person by name to wake them up. Because that became their name. How do you call them to wake them up? HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes to all of the Metim, Shochene Afar, and he calls them by their name personally. And that's what wakes them up. Do you understand the importance of a name? That's why people call me sometimes, they want to name their kids Theodore. Right? It represents nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right? Yaakov represents so much. Moshe. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna call him Yehoshua, but we're going to call him Joshi. You know? The name is an essence. The name of a person is an essence. You want the name of that person, their essence, to be something kadosh. And then that person will follow with that name and make that name even greater by the name they're known by. Sometimes it becomes Admor Yehoshua. Sometimes it becomes Harav. Sometimes it becomes Doctor. Sometimes it becomes Yehoshua uh, 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 from so-and-so place. There are so many older people from past generations that are known by their jobs or by, they're known by their chasadim that they've done in the community. You know, like Beryl, the water bearer. Like, like Shoshana, the Shadchan. Or like, Alava uh, Shalom, my grandmother that I've spoken about so many times. Batya, who was only known by the, she was called the Bandandas in Persian. What is that in English? I don't even know. She used to help people get married during marriage, before marriage. That's what she was known by. No one even knows her last name. If I ever say, tell people, I'm the grandson of so-and-so, the last name, like, we don't know who that is. I'll say like, what she did, oh my gosh. So many. That becomes their essence. That becomes who they are because of the things they did that they're remembered by. Darisal says that name, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will call that person by that name. It's your essence. Can't be separated from it. It's who you are. It becomes you. You are that name. Now let's go to fine oil. We're trying to compare these two. Oil. What is oil? What is fine oil? Uh, does anyone have a $100 bill? It's, don't be embarrassed. I, I thought he's going to be like, I only carry larger bills. It's real. 
I want to ask everybody a question. I'm holding a $100 bill, which everyone's familiar with, hopefully. Can you rub Israel? Does this dollar bill that I'm holding, a $100 bill, does it have any value? You can answer, it's okay, it's not a trick question. Does it hold value? What's the value of it? $100, right? What gives this piece of paper its value? We give it the value, right? In essence, this is a piece of junk. It's a piece of paper. This piece of paper has the numbers 100 on it with a picture of Benji, with a picture of Benjamin Franklin, and we call it a $100 bill, and it has the value of $100. We can purchase things for $100 or more, or, or less, if you add more. But in, its, in itself, what is it? Does it have any value of its own? It could, the value of this $100 bill can drop rapidly, and it has. Just go to a Jewish food market, <laughs> and try to purchase the same exact things you used to purchase with $100. Good luck. That's how you know that this is just a piece of paper. People will tell you, today it's worth $100. Tomorrow, eh, I don't know. During different world wars, people used money for fire because it was so valueless. Because it has no value of its own, it's nothing. It's garbage. It's a piece of paper with printed pictures on it. Eh, you could make a paper airplane. It'll, probably make, it'll be probably more fun for your kids than the $100 value that it has. For you it has value because you've given it value because the bank tells you this has value. You can buy stuff with it. But for somebody else that doesn't know what it is, it's a piece of paper. So it's garbage. Why would you want this back? It's nothing. Because <laughs> you were nodding the whole time. You're like, it's garbage. I don't even know why I kept it in my pocket. You can have it. It's here. Point I'm trying to make is that the fine oil is compared to material possessions. Materialism gets its value from you, or from people, or from votes, or from society. That's what it gets its value from. It has no intrinsic value of its own. It has no name of its own. You're giving it that name. You're saying from now on, this is valuable. What's the value of it? This one with Benjamin Franklin's picture is 100. The other one with Jackson is 20. The other one with Washington, it's one. Ah, that's it. And everyone goes, yes, that's the value. That's what we use and that's perfect. That's how society runs. But that's not really giving the paper value. It's what's behind it though, because the paper itself has no value. I mean, it, it, not really. It's a piece of paper. What is it, a penny? Less than a penny of paper. Fine oil was used externally to anoint a Kohen who would serve in the Beit HaMikdash. It was used externally to make someone that was a regular person into a king. He's a regular person today. Tomorrow he's anointed with oil. Now he's a king. Did anything change with that person? No. He's just wearing a crown on different clothes. It's the same Shmuli from yesterday. But Shmuli is Melech Shmuli today. Why? Because he was anointed with the oil. That doesn't mean that Shmuli has no power. 
It doesn't mean he doesn't hold any power. It doesn't mean he doesn't hold any prestige. But it just means that that prestige is exterior. It does, it, it, it's not going to last. So the oil represents what? Exterior things. Wealth. Strength. The Maharal says even Torah knowledge is compared to fine oil. Why? Because you could, use, you could lose Torah knowledge also. We daven every single day to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Give us Torah knowledge and help us keep it. The secret is to be able to keep the Torah knowledge, not to learn it. Many people have brains, hopefully. We learn, but the key is to be able to keep it. That's the secret. We want to keep the Torah knowledge. That's the hard part. What I learned sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes people come to me, they go, oh, Rabbi, I listened to your Parsha speech on Parshat four weeks ago. Mamash, I don't lie to you. Sometimes it's like four or five weeks. And I go, remind me, what did I say on the Parsha on that week? Like I have to be reminded by people that listen to me say something about the Parsha. Yes, it could be because you're Baruch Hashem, we're constantly trying to learn more things and more things and Chazara makes perfect, right? But it's a zikhut to be able to learn and le really keep. So he says, the, the Torah learning also, Torah knowledge is also like fine oil because it could evaporate. How do we know that Torah knowledge can evaporate? The Gemara has a perfect example. Elisha ben Avuya was Rimeir Baal Anes' Rebbe. What happened? He became Akher. He lost the prestige of Torah. Why? Because he wanted to. And he lost it. Now he's called Akher. He became the unknown. The other one. Kingship. Malchut. It's a prestige that's given to you, but it can easily be taken away. Forget about kings that were wicked. Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo HaMelech for two entire years had to shout in the streets. People thought he was crazy. Ani Shlomo. Shlomo HaMelech had to prove for two years walking around the streets. Listen to me. I'm Shlomo HaMelech. And people would be like, Dovaro mad. You know, it's this guy again. You know, he says he's King Solomon. King Solomon's in his palace, sitting on the throne. And this guy keeps walking around going, you know, I'm King Shlomo. He was really King Shlomo. What do you learn? He was the wisest man that ever lived. But his prestige was taken away like that. It meant nothing to anybody. Because it's Shemen Zait Zach. It's pure oil, but it evaporates. It's external. You get the crown, you get the name, but eh. The Kohen. Kohen is also anointed by that oil in the Beit HaMikdash. The Kohen Gadol is also anointed by that oil. But they can easily be lost also. Kehuna in itself can be lost. A Kohen marries the wrong person, all of his children, Khalalim, gone. An entire generation wiped out, finished. All of it is external. So the Maharal says, we learn from here that Shemen Zayit Zach Fine oil is material. Shem Tov is Ruchani, it's spiritual. It's not just a name. It has so much Kedusha to it. When you apply yourself in this life and you gain for yourself a good name, it's not something that could evaporate. It'll never go away. You could have a crown, take the crown off, you're still Shlomo. 
You're still the son of King David. Who you are will never change. The crown can come on and off, but who you are will never change. That's why it says, Shemen Zayit Zach, fine oil can be bought. A fine name, you can't buy. You can never buy a good name. And I'm going to say this very clearly. A lot of people try very hard to buy a good name. They think they have bought a good name, but they're wrong. When you pay for your name, it evaporates just as quickly as that money. After 120 years, nobody knows you. If it was a name that was bought with money, it's external. It won't last. Many people want to prove in their lives that they're better than they are. They want to buy prestige. They want to buy kavod. Because they have the money to do so. So they do. And people give them that kavod. And they throw these lavish parties. What did they gain? Did they gain a Shem Tov? I'll leave it to you to answer that question. Fine oil evaporates. A good name remains forever. I remember, <clears throat> since this shura is also dedicated for my father's memory, just a quick anecdote about my father, Allah Shalom. I was doing, um, I, I, you know, I run like the programs for little kids, older kids, and so on and so forth. I was running a program for kids of like seven and eight year olds, just a few months back. And at the end of the program, the parents were coming to pick up their kids. And I see this guy during the program, as I'm finishing off and stuff, giving prizes to the kids and like, <clears throat> and I see this guy, tall guy from the corner, just staring at me. And you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I was thinking, like, I don't know what this guy wants to say to me. Because he's like staring, God knows what it is. Like, is it a complaint? What is it? After we finish, he comes up to me, like very bluntly, very bluntly, he goes, you know why you're so good? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to brag. It, this is what he said to me, and I, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. He said, you know why you're so good? I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. He goes, no, I'm asking you a question. It wasn't a rhetorical question. It's like, do you know why you're so good? I said, I, 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 I don't know why. He says, because your father was so good. And he tells me, he says, I remember your father. You don't know me. My father used to have a store next door to your father's store. I have no idea who this guy is. I still don't know who he is. He said, my father had a store next to your father's store. And I was a kid. Every time my father would bring me to his store, your father would see me and he would say, come here. Come, come. He would take me to the store and he would give me a handful of pistachios. And he would give it to me and go, go, eat, enjoy. And pistachios in Iran 40 years ago, 50 years ago, was, was, was like candy. We didn't get candy. We got pistachios and things like that. And he's like, I remember till today, he gave it to me with such love. You know, who's such a good person. Shem Tov. Did my father buy that name? No. If he did, it cost very little. It was pistachios. That's what a Shem Tov does. It'll never go away. But you want to buy it? You can. But it won't last. Many people will bow to you. Yes, Kvodo, yes. <laughs> I saw your name on the building. Mwah, mwah, mwah. 
I'm sorry if I'm saying things that people think. But it's the truth. Hasfi shalom. Khalila to think that what I'm saying is I'm saying it towards people that give tzedakah. No, 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 no. People that use their wealth and money for tzedakah, for helping people, for giving to people, for building yeshivot, for building those. No, 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 no. They, their names last. I'm talking about people that waste that money, waste that external wealth because they think it's going to give them a Shem Tov. I'm going to finish soon. I'm sorry. I know the Rabbanim are waiting for me, but I started late. In Pirka Avot, Perek Revi'i, Yud Gimel says, Rabbi Shimon says, there are three crowns. There are three Katarim, three crowns. Those are the crown of Torah, the crown of Kehuna, and the crown of Malchut, kingship. So it's the crown of Torah, Kehuna, and Malchut. Rabbi Shimon says, the greatest crown of all, Shem Tov. And the Chachamim ask, Rabbi Shimon said, there's only three crowns. He listed three things, and then he said, the fourth one is greater. That's not part of the list. Chachamim said, you know why it's not part of the list? Because it doesn't exist part of those lists. That list is all external. Listen, he put Torah, the crown of Torah as one of them. It's external. Because if you're not doing it, L'Shem Shamaim, you could even lose the external Torah knowledge as well and the prestige of Torah. But we'll, what will remain is not even on the same plateau as those three crowns. Shem Tov. The crown of a good name will last you forever. So to end off, I want everyone here to go home thinking this thought. What am I here for? Do I want a Shem Tov or do I want Shem and Tov? Do I want this life to be a life where after 120 years I am remembered for Mr. X who did X, Y, Z, who helped that? Or do I want to be known for, for <coughs> Mr. which probably won't be remembered? Shem Tov will live forever. You can be doctor, you can be mohandas, you could be the lawyer, you could be whatever it is that your parents told you you are. <laughs> you could be all those things and then some. But a Shem Tov, no one can tell you what it is. You choose that Shem Tov. You choose that good name. You choose what you want to be called for the rest of your life and after. That's why the Midrash says, Shem and Tov is only for the living. Shem Tov is for the living and the dead. Because after a person's gone, that Shem Tov will remain. The monetary stuff, it's gone. So all those huge parties and all those weddings, I talk to people, I talk to my friends about all these huge extravagant parties, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and, and weddings and, 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 and all of those. It should be harbes machot for all of Am Yisrael. Don't think I'm against it. But I, I talk to people, I go, you know, this guy spent this much on a bar mitzvah, $200,000 on a bar mitzvah. And then I hear like, if I had it, I would do it. And my question is, why? Why is it that if you had it, you would do it? What's the reason? You think your son, your daughter cares? You think they care if they have this kind of flower on the table? He's 13 years old, he could care less. 
She's 12 years old. She could care less what kind of flower, what kind of uh, uh, covering for the tables and what color, or what kind of whiskey you... It's ridiculous. You know what bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs were in the time of the Geonim and the time of the Amoraim and the Tanaim and the Rishonim? For rich people, for the wealthy people, they had extravagant parties. They had very big parties. It's brought down in the Gemara also, right? But what's the difference between those and these? The Gemara says they had tablefuls of poor people from the streets that they would invite to come and eat. So here's the, here's the heter for you. You ready for a heter? We love heterim. You want to do a huge party? Two tables, go to the anim of your community and invite them to your bar mitzvah and your bat mitzvah. You want to do huge parties? Have them sit at tables just like everybody else eat the same exact food. That's a Shem Tov. That's money spent well. From external money, it becomes internal. You grant yourself a Shem Tov. You know who Kalba Sabua was? Kalba Sabua was the father-in-law of Rabbi Agiva. You know what Kalba Savua means in Hebrew or in Aramaic? Do you know what it means? Abai, what does it mean? Sagesir. A satiated dog. You know how many times his name is mentioned in the Gemara? Kalba Savua, the father-in-law of Rabbi Agiva, who didn't want to give his daughter to Rabbi Agiva because he said Rabbi Agiva doesn't learn Torah. And he's called the satiated dog. You know why? Because the Gemara says, people used to come to his home, to his parties, like, like hungry dogs, and they would leave satiated. Because he would feed everyone. That's a Shem Tov. That's nothing you can buy with money. And he was, he was the wealthiest man of his time. The wealthiest man of his time. He wasn't called Hacham Folan, he wasn't called Gadol Folan, he was called Kalba Sabua, satiated dog. You know why? Because he earned that name because he would take people that were starving to death and he would feed them. It's what you can do with your money. So you could have your money be just a Shementov for you, a good oil, which evaporates and it burns out, or you could have your money become a Shemtov. So go ahead, have that wedding on an airliner in the air. I'm still waiting for someone to do that in our community. Everyone buys a ticket to an airline and the wedding is in the air. Why? Because they ran out of places to get their weddings here so they can show off. We can't do it by the beach, they did it already. We can't do it in the restaurant, they did it already. We can't do it by horses, they did it already. But now it's in the air. Do you want to do that? There's ways you can get heterim. Get 20 tickets for poor people on that same flight. If you do that, okay. And that's why the Midrash says, Nadav and Avihu, as great as they were, what they, but they were, they were anointed externally by the oil. Their mahut, their internal level had not reached the level of people that are allowed to walk in and bring a korban. So it didn't matter. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying, yes, you were anointed by the oil, but that's external. Don't think you can just come in whenever you want. And they got killed. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they were not anointed by oil. They had a Shem Tov. They walked into fire and they came out alive. The Maharal says, you know why? Because a Shem Tov can, can save you from the most harshest physical external situations in your life. A Shem Tov will drag you from the ends of Gehinam and save you. 
Something that a Shemen Tov doesn't do, not even for Nadav and Avihu. And he says, that's why the Midrash makes the comparison between Nadav and Avihu and, and the Shemen Tov and Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah. That was their difference. As great as they were, they hadn't reached that plateau yet. A plateau that other people later on had reached in their own way. So, I ask you again, what do you want to leave after 120 years? You want to leave Shemen Tov? Or you, do you want to live forever and leave behind Shem Tov? Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.